Hello. Welcome. What is up? What is up? Hey, this is Good Ariel, to be man. back with you guys. Yeah, it's like a got thrown off by our schedule a little bit, but um, uh, you know what happens. Uh, so <clears> we're <throat> gonna discuss some NBA draft, um, top five mm-hmm. uniforms NFL or draft. NFL, NFL draft. My goodness. NBA <laughs> uniforms and uh, some Took other a week stuff. Off. No. Yeah. So we're gonna start with the steal of the draft. Uh, Jad, who do you think was the steal of the draft? All right, my steal of the draft is Isaiah Simmons going to the Cardinals. I know he was still a top mm-hmm. 10 pick. I know. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, this guy <laughs> boy, has so oh much potential boy. with his versatility. And the fact that he fell mm-hmm. to the eighth pick, I mean, that's beyond me. They were picking offensive tackles over him. We saw Derek yeah. Brown, um, defensive tackle from Auburn, taking over him mm-hmm. by the uh, Panthers, which I don't yeah, get because I just lost to uh, Keekly. Luke. But um, Cardinals got a guy that could be used so many ways. They probably didn't even imagine he would be there. And mm-hmm. I know this pick maybe wasn't a, a positional need, but they did take the best player off the board, which I do like. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this is an underdog team for some for some of you guys. I know you guys had him as your sleeper team for next year, the Cardinals. Yeah. And adding guys Simmons is just great. I mean, I know this is way too early to judge, but I think Simmons could be one of the best defenders ever with the way this oh, guy oh, plays. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I just – I can't believe the Giants and Panthers passed up on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I agree with Jad here. Isaiah Simmons is my uh, steal of the draft. I mean, the, you you could have made an argument that the Lions should have taken him at number three, but I get, you know, Okuda, he's a great corner. Yeah. But four, five, six, and seven, you don't take Isaiah Simmons. You know, they say this guy can play three positions and whatnot. He mm-hmm. has a faster 40 time than Saquon Barkley, like Jad mm-hmm. said. He's just so versatile, so dynamic. He can play any position on the field. You're going to be able to put him in any formation. But uh, I also like uh, the Broncos getting Jerry Judy at the uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, pick. for sure, for sure. This, um, I've said before, is the best wide receiver in this draft class. Um, Moss and Mox had him going 10-11-12, and the Broncos <laughs> steal him for Drew Locke, who's another young quarterback that I think is going to do good. And I think the Broncos could uh, surprise a few uh, games this year since they got Jerry Judy. Uh, so my steal of the draft, uh, I have to give this team props before I absolutely rip them apart. Uh, <laughs> the Giants picking Xavier McKinney. I mean, I, I'm really just baffled why this guy wasn't taken higher. Incredibly mm-hmm. versatile safety. And a lot of teams that need defensive depth needed this guy. I mean, the Giants were, uh, actually, no, I don't want to spoil my rant for the next couple of sections, but yeah, so this is the, <laughs> one of the good picks that the Giants made. I mean, yeah, you've seen it as in previous years, their defense has not been very, uh, very good. So I think that Xavier McKinney can add some versatility to a lackluster defense. And I think that he's a very talented player that should have gone higher. All right, so our next segment did steal the draft. We're going to go reach of the draft here. Um, my reach of the draft is AJ Terrell going 16th to the Falcons. Um, mm. This guy's a cornerback. I know um, lots of mocks had uh, CJ Henderson going to the Falcons at 16, but the Jaguars surprised lots of people took him at nine. I'm really okay with that because they lost Jalen Ramsey and AJ mm-hmm. Boye, and I mm-hmm. think CJ Henderson's pretty good. But you had guys like Chassion um, from uh, LSU. I think he's one of the best pass rushers in the draft. Um, they lost Campbell. They don't really mm-hmm. have any good pass rushers. They also got Yannick, who we've talked about before. <laughs> Doesn't look like he's going to have much longer stay in Jacksonville. Um, Jordan Brooks, a linebacker from Texas Tech. 
Um, Telvin Smith, I don't know if you guys saw, he did some uh, inappropriate things, and I don't think he's going to be on the Jaguars for this mm. upcoming season. Mm. So I, I think um, – and this guy was, wasn't projected to go anywhere near the first round, but they had to reach on him because C.J. Henderson was taken so early. All right, so my reach of the draft, and this hurts a little bit as a Raiders fan, <laughs> Damon Arnett, cornerback to the Raiders yeah, I don't at 19. Know what they're thinking. You know, I'm not saying this guy's going to be a bust. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. But I didn't hear of him until we drafted him. And mm-hmm. most analysts had him as a second or third on corner, and we took him at 19. And I think the Raiders could have easily traded back, got an extra third on pick, and still taken this guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying this was a bad pick. I'm saying it's a bad he value He must be a pick. fast guy. Oh, Actually, he's kind of slow. You know, like a four, four, five. But <laughs> um, so it's a bad value pick. But I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my reach of the draft was the Steelers taking Chase Claypool as their first pick in the second round. I mean, this guy was projected to go like third, fourth round. He was the I th- the 62nd ranked player in the draft. Uh, defensively, uh, and they pass on guys like Denzel Mims, Zach Bond, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and I feel like they just really reach because Pittsburgh, while, yes, they do need a little bit of defense, I I don't – I feel like they reached on this just because of the true magnitude of the other players that were selected later on in the draft. I feel like this was a massive reach. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next segment is the biggest what-the-heck – Moments of the draft. Um, Drew starts out here. Oh, oh my God! The Giants taking Andrew Thomas at the fourth pick. Mm. What in the absolute hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, another move that just absolutely baffled me from an incredibly incompetent Giants front office. I mean, <clears throat> I don't understand how they can be that stupid. You have Isaiah Simmons. You have a tr- trash defense. Everyone's <clears throat> like, "Oh, this guy's going fourth pick." Uh, and it would have made sense if they – like, I could still understand if they selected an offensive lineman, but they left people like Tristan Wirfs, who is easily the best offensive lineman in this draft class. Mm, and they took the I think four- Andrew Thomas – lots of people are saying Andrew Thomas is the best overall. No, not at all. Andrew Thomas <laughs> – Andrew Thomas is ranked as the fourth best offensive lineman coming into the draft. But you – have other offensive linemen that are a lot better than him have shown up a lot more than he has. I mean, for example, like I keep repeating myself, Tristan Wurst, I really think he would have been a better pick for them, but the Bucks with Tristan Wurst, I think will be a very good fit. He'll be a great pick to uh, assist Tom Brady, but yeah, I, I just don't know what the Giants were doing. They could have easily taken <laughs> Isaiah Simmons too. Not a good pick. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fine with them taking a lineman. I mean, they've got their guy, I think Danny Dimes, you know, will lead them and then you gotta protect Saquon Barkley you know some people think he's the best I know like I think I agree with Drew here I think they should have taken Isaiah Simmons but I guess they took a lineman and it is kind of hard to judge how good linemen are gonna be so I guess we'll just have to see mm-hmm. Jad what do you have for All this right. uh, segment so my biggest what the heck moment was the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts oh I yeah mean, listen a second round pick is a very very valuable pick the Eagles had constant secondary problems last year. They could have drafted a top DB like Christian Fullen from LSU. He was projected a first-rounder, but he dropped that far. But you go and get a backup QB, and I get it. Wentz is fragile. I get that. But at the same time, you can't look at your future like that. You already paid Wentz big cash. And you can't just think, <laughs> okay, he's bound to get hurt again, so we might as well just draft a backup with yeah. a second-rounder. I get in later rounds maybe, but you have to trust he could stay healthy. And the only way I could see this pick working out 
is if they use Hurts as a Taysom Hill type player. Otherwise, oh, I don't yeah. like him as a backup quarterback at all. All right, my biggest what the heck moment is the Green Bay Packers failing to support Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was um, ridiculous. If I'm Rodgers, I'm absolutely living here. Um, I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, as I said. I think he's in decline, but he still has a few years left of being a pretty good quarterback. And they were 13 and three last year. I mean, I like Jordan Love. I think he'll be pretty good. But you have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 35 wide receivers get taken in this draft class, and you don't take any. And then you t- also take a running back, and you already have Aaron Jones, yeah. who I also yeah. think is overrated because he's a touchdown stealer, but he's still pretty good as a running back. So really not sure what Matt LaFour is doing here. Um, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm here. All right, so next we're going to be discussing um, Henry Ruggs, who I like to call King Henry, being the first <laughs> receiver taken off the um, board. So uh, in my opinion, if we're being honest – He's not close to the best receiver in this class. Yeah. I mean, he's still very talented. But I think CD and even Judy is are better. But screw it. Uh-huh. John Gruden got his guy, man. <laughs> the reports were that GM Mike Mayock wanted CD, but Gruden said that he could use Ruggs way more and thought he was a better playmaker. And honestly, as non-biased as I can be, I think this is a good fit for the Raiders. If mm. I'm being honest, I definitely preferred us to draft CD. But I'm excited to see Gruden's offense with Ruggs, who can really stretch the field, also having Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs and Darren Waller as weapons. Mm. Yeah, I think it is pretty risky, but Oakland does have a history of wanting to take fast guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Judy and CD uh, would have been the safer pick. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Oakland, um, I mean, Las Vegas, <laughs> is um, in a position to like afford to take a bust. I'm not going to say, not saying he's going to be a bust, but he's more prone. Like Judy and CD are the safer guys. And then I, I don't know if he's going to be better than them at all. And if he is, is his max really going to be that much better than Judy? I mean, I just think it's a risk, high risk, uh, low reward pick by the Raiders here. Yeah, I have to agree here. I feel like Henry Ruggs, although he is, he is by no means untalented, I feel like C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy were really the two receivers that they – could have gone either way with. I mean, if they'd taken mm-hmm. CD or Judy, it still would have been a win in my books. But I think taking Rugs is a bit of a stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, he's a great player. We saw <laughs> he's incredibly fast. But when you compare that to, like, something like uh, CD's hands and Judy's route running ability, I, I just don't see them – I don't see the reason for them to take this guy over those two. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not a terrible pick, but I, I w- would have loved to see C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy instead. Uh, next up, we're going to go more in-depth to the Packers. Um, pretty controversial drafting. Uh, Jad, what do you think on this? All right, so speaking of what-the-heck moments, what are the <laughs> Packers doing? My yeah. man Aaron Rodgers, he needs weapons. He needs defense. This team has needs, and they take Jordan Love with their first pick. It was understandable because Rodgers is getting old, although I wouldn't have drafted a QB this year. Yeah, and they traded up for him too. I know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But then you go out in the second round and draft a running back, AJ Dillon. So you mean to tell me, instead of filling positional needs with your first two picks, do you draft two guys that are backups on your team at the moment? Are the Packers not trying to win now? Do they just want to build for the future? Like you could easily have been contenders if you drafted a receiver or Mm -hmm. honestly any position other than two backups. I just really don't understand what they're trying (laughs) to do. Yeah, I have to agree with Jad with this. I think the Packers are in terrible shape come this season. I mean, we saw them go 13-3, and but if you really delve into how they played during those 13 wins, 
you realize that doesn't even stack up against some of the teams with the lesser records. Like, for example, my Seahawks, I know we did lose to them in the playoffs, but I know we could have definitely beat them. Uh, I think that the Packers were a very overrated team last year just because their record was so good. Everyone expected them to be absolutely stellar, but they were far from it. Uh, I think that with this draft, I think it's just the Packers declining even further than they have already. Jordan Love was a terrible pick, in my opinion. And drafting a running back when you already have Aaron Rod- sorry, uh, when you already have Aaron Jones is just not a uh, not a good pick to me. I think that the Packers could have easily gone with an offensive line. We saw we've seen how weak that offensive line is, leading to Aaron Rodgers' injuries. I do understand that maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I do see that Aaron Rodgers is getting injured, and he is, of course, like Jad said, aging, but I don't see the need to get a running back and a quarterback in this draft so early on. Yeah, uh, you guys pretty much already all said it. I mean, they're taking two backups, and you have Aaron Rodgers, um, who lots of people still think is an elite quarterback, and if you have one of those guys like uh, Mahomes or Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, you have to go all out in win-now mode, and they go ahead and draft two backups going to be at least a few years for Rodgers and it's going to be even more years uh, for Aaron Jones to step take down step into a declining stage um, AJ Dillon lots of people are comparing him to Derrick Henry he has that same like running style mm-hmm. and so I guess they probably got a bit hyped up once they saw what Derrick Henry did in the playoffs but you have so many other needs that you need pretty much any position on defense a tight end another wide receiver other than Devontae Adams and they took the two positions they don't need so really don't know what the Packers are doing here. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings can catch them in that division now that they didn't really make any upgrades. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so moving on, we're <clears throat> going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Jalen Hurts. So what do you guys think about this? Um, I've already spoken on it. This was my what, uh, what are you doing moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, I just I don't understand why you had to pick a backup quarterback so high when – you're paying uh, Wentz $33 million a year. Like, yeah. are you really paying him just to draft a guy because you expect him to get hurt again? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what, what Howie Roseman and the Eagles are doing. Yeah, so I don't like this pick at all. And as a pro player guy, I think Carson Wentz is absolutely insulted here. Um, <laughs> they said they're going to use this guy as a gadget guy. And I think this actually could work out pretty well. I could see Dougie P. You know, he has a huge ego, probably the biggest ego of all coaches right now. Maybe Bill Belichick's up there, too. But I can see them, like, doing some tosses, and then he's, like, behind line of scrimmage. So you got a quarterback just, like, rolling out. But you can't um, run, go up and down the field with trick plays. It's just not going to work in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I really like Jalen Hurts. I wish he could – Yeah, I could see him on another team with a possible – opportunity to start and they're not going to let him start because they're all invested in on Carson Wentz with that 33 million dollar a year contract so really don't know what they're doing and this is a second round pick um obviously not as valuable as the first but they could have taken so many other positions I mean kind of like a Packers situation here mm-hmm. um pretty much any position except for quarterback yeah um, wait to add on wait sorry Drew. no no, I no just, problem I forgot to say this one thing um this also as Dylan said this kind of sucks for Jalen Hurts because I feel like he could have been a starter to a team who uh, needed a quarterback. I mean, I know this guy is in the first-round talent, but I think he has a, a lot of potential. But I think the Eagles are going to ruin that, trying to turn yeah. him into a, a, you know, like just a versatile player, like like trick it's plays only. I think he could be a pure starter. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah the, I don't know why they would pick him. I mean, they paid Carson <laughs> Wentz so much money. 
and now they're basically yeah. overpaid. Them they're basically well. sta- shooting themselves in the foot, like the saying goes. <laughs> uh, I I don't understand why they would take Jalen Hurts. I mean, like Jad said, this guy's he has a lot of talent. I feel like he could have a future, but the Eagles are going to ruin all of his potential by just making him start <clears> behind <throat> Wentz. I mean, I can understand the need yeah. for a backup QV because Wentz gets injured so often. But if you're already expecting that, you don't pay Wentz $33 million and then sign another quarterback expecting him to get hurt. You you stick to one or the other, and you make it more clear to Carson Wentz what you're going to do with him if he gets injured because you have to be completely transparent. But in this case, they weren't, and it resulted in a terrible pick. All right, next up, we're going to talk about the impact of the draft um, with the social distancing uh, requirements. Um, Jad, what do you think about this? Honestly, dude, nothing the same as without the fans, without mm-hmm. fans booing Goodell when he walks out yeah. the stage, without fans being surprised or booing their team's pick, yeah. you know, yeah. like, disappointed. Like, I just it's like they were I feel forced like, to cheer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And and the funny thing is that the Chargers fans couldn't yeah. the screen. Yeah, all those not fans, they couldn't find some fans. But I feel screen. like if, if social distancing continues to the NFL season and the games are played without fans – this could, I mean, this just makes me lose energy for the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Jed said, it, it takes the emotional impact out of the draft. You know, <clears throat> lots of iconic draft moments are when guys get booed because they think the team took an absolute reach. Yeah. And then I, I think ESPN, uh, I don't know if you guys watch it on ESPN or NFL Network, but ESPN tried to substitute this emotion by mentioning every single yeah. person that's ever yeah, died. The, yeah. Like, yeah, his life. dad got run over by a garbage truck and then shot multiple times when he was just 11. Just a completely <laughs> tragic moment. And it's like not even showing yep. his stats. It's just showing like, oh, dad died yeah. at 11. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, this receiver out of Clemson, this was the guy whose babysitter turned out to be a murderer, <laughs> made him force sell drugs at school. Like, it was, it was pretty weird. And then, like, the awkwardness when uh, Goodell just walks out yeah. and then he's, like, cheering on the virtual people to boo him louder. Like, that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It, it was just... Lots of awkward moments with uh, the online interaction. Yeah, I actually have to say, this is the funniest draft I've ever watched. I mean, you can just see the absolute absolute pain on Goodell's face every time he had to announce a pick. Like, I usually, like, don't like this guy that much, but, like, you just see him there. Like, he had to keep up this charade for hours on end and, like, act like he was actually emotionally invested in announcing every single pick. I mean, the guy, like, you could, you saw that he just, like, completely just sat down in his chair and was just reading the pics and trying yeah. to smile the whole time. Guy looked, like, completely depressed. Like, I mean, yeah, being the NFL commissioner, no easy job, but I feel like this really put his skills to the test. Uh, I think, yeah, the fan <laughs> thing was really stupid. I don't even know why they bothered including it because the fans were obviously, like, if they booed, they were just going to, like, it wasn't, it didn't give you the correct atmosphere. Like, if you're going to boo, you're going to be like, oh, there's all that energy there. But this is just some idiot, like, yelling at their webcam. Exactly. So, I feel like it just <laughs> took a lot of the emotional investment out of the draft. Like, all the excitement. It was just very boring. I think they – we really didn't need to see this whole spectacle. It could have just done it in a much simpler way. Yeah, so our next up, the ranked uh, – for this podcast episode, we're going to rank the top five best NBA uniforms. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Drew, this was your recommendation, so start us out with number five. Uh, so for number five, I wanted to include at least one throwback jersey. So I went with the uh, Grizzlies, the Vancouver Grizzlies throwback jerseys. Yep. I think I, like those I think well. these are just absolutely fire. I mean, the teal, I mean, the obvious, like, shout-out to the Vancouver Grizzlies, the old team before they got relocated to Memphis. Uh, I mean, I think John Morant looks great in these. Uh, I think all the players look great. I, I really like how they took an older design and modernized it using the Nike uh, technology. Uh, you see near the uh, sleeves, one of the things I really like was that kind of uh, – tribal looking pattern there with the uh alternating <clears throat> triangles and circles i really like that uh i mean yeah i'm not a mm-hmm. huge teal guy usually but it just looks so good on this jersey i had to put it at number five yeah so my jerseys um i i, I like the more simpler ones um the ones with a lot of graphic designs mm-hmm. aren't normally that appealing but the grizzlies one is pretty good so at my number five i have the sacramento king city edition jerseys. oh yeah those are fun um it's like a it's like a red. It's got some like Carolina Tar Heel blue <laughs> with some white. It's just a nice like clean, crisp jersey. Um, you know, new modern look for the uh, modern players like Darren Fox. So number five. Uh, at my number five, I got the Mavericks Monster Ink jerseys. I mean, these are like really dope in my eyes, and I mean, it kind of appeals to the kids a little bit, which yeah. I kind of like, and I I just really love the color scheme, you know. Oh, great. So for not my number four, I mean, I'm a sucker for black and gold stuff. Uh, just black on NBA jerseys in general. So I went with the Hawks peach tree uniforms from this year, the city edition. I mean, I just really like the color scheme with the uh, black with the subtle peach gold accents. I think that the, the Hawks like usually don't have the greatest uniforms. I feel like they're normal uniforms are kind of ugly to be honest and i'm so glad they didn't go for some <laughs> neon color on these it would look absolutely horrible i mean peach tree yeah i i get the reference to like atlanta and georgia being like georgia peaches stuff like that i think it looks kind of corny i think it would have been better if it was just like atlanta but i understand the reference i but the color scheme is too good for me to ignore the jersey i had to put it at number four yeah, my number four, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves Prince City Edition jerseys. Um, it's like this, like, pink-purple-blue combination, yeah. obviously, like, referencing uh, Prince. Um, I think it's, like, a – it's pretty, like, when you first see it, it's, like, a shocking type of yeah. thing. But then once you see all the color scheme, it kind of, like, soothes in, mm-hmm. you know, fits Carl Anthony Towns' calm personality. <laughs> it's just uh, – it's, it's pretty good. Not as good as these other ones, so it's my number four. Uh, at my number four, like Juve said, I got the Vancouver Ooh. Grizzlies jerseys. Um, when John Morant tweeted for them to bring it back this year for a couple of games, I was absolutely hyped. I mean, I love these jerseys. I really love, uh, you know, the teal turquoise type yeah. you know, vibes. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, Jed. Uh, number three, <laughs> I went with the uh, Raptor City Edition. Again, I, I already told you guys I love black and gold, and this – uh, I feel like the Raptors have some of the best jersey designs in the NBA the last couple of years. I mean, I absolutely love their OVO uniforms from last year. I They didn't go with OVO mm-hmm. this year, which I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But, I mean, this jersey is still fire. I mean, the black and gold with the uh, Toronto on it, it, it just looks absolutely clean. I like how they changed the court to that uh, black and gold logo, too, when they play in those uniforms. Yeah, I think that uh, – 
I, I said that I, I wasn't a huge fan of the peach color on the Hawks uniforms before, but this is just straight up gold, and I think it looks a lot better. Uh, I do like the black and gold uniform from last year more than this one, but this one's still really good. It's my number three. Yeah, I agree with Drew here. I've got the Raptors City Edition at uh, number three. Just like the black and gold. It's really clean, <clears throat> nice, simple design. Um, like Drew said, they added it to the court <clears throat> to, you know, just add to the overall effect. It was just a great uh, scheme that the Raptors implemented, so that's why I got it at number three. Uh, number three, Dylan's mentioned this before, the Timberwolves, uh, Prince <laughs> jerseys. I mean, the like you said, it's kind of like shocking at first. Like you don't know like what you're looking at, but then yeah. <laughs> it soothes in, and it's it's such a like I don't know how to explain it. It just like lightens my mood when I'm you know when I'm watching them play in these jerseys. Uh, so for number two, I went with the 76ers uh, regular blue uniform. I think that these are just absolutely hmm. iconic. You see a city with such rich history like Philadelphia, and it just inspires American pride in us all. I mean, the red, white, and blue. I mean, you've seen it on other jerseys like the Wizards. I do like the Wizards jerseys, don't get me wrong, but I feel like this, the, the 76ers uniforms are more patriotic. I think they've had some of the better uniforms in the league. Uh, like Dylan said, I mean, I do like simplistic designs. I don't like a huge... And I think that the... 76ers, the font combined with the color scheme with the red, white, and blue make this uniform one of the cleanest in the NBA. I, I really like it. Uh, yeah, my number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets uh, city jerseys. Um, it's like a – it's either a black jersey or a white jersey with, like, this, like, rainbow. Like, oh, that's a – like, let me jump in with that. that that's a, it's called. That's a <laughs> reference to uh, the notorious B.I.G. from Brooklyn, the rapper – that's actually Biggie. yeah, it's one of his uh, shirts, kind of, and they kind of replicated the pattern on the jerseys, which is really cool. Yeah, it's just it's very clean, you know. Um, just two, it's just like a strip on the side of the jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too fancy, and it just it just looks nice on the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So number two. Uh, at number two, I wasn't sure if we we're including uh, you know, old jerseys, but I did. And it's the Raptors 90s oh, okay. jerseys, the yeah, uh, purple fire, one. Dude. I mean, that's like one of the most iconic jerseys in NBA. I mean, yeah, Vince mm-hmm. Carter. And I mean, honestly, if there was one jersey I would get that was not a Lakers jersey, <laughs> I feel like that would definitely be up there. I mean, just such a dope combo and all that. Uh, uh-huh. So for my number one, I mean, uh, I had to go with the uh, Portland Trailblazers uh, normal black uniform. I really like that sash Ooh. that goes along the side. I haven't seen it on any other NBA jersey other than theirs. Kind of a signature for them. I really like the font. The black, red, and white goes together so well. I mean, and it matches their logo, too, so it looks nice. I think that the color scheme is really clean. Uh, I like that it's mm-hmm. a normal, like, a statement uniform rather than a exclusive city uniform. So th- they do wear these quite a bit. I can understand that, like, some people are, like, Oh, since these are regular uniforms, it's not that exciting, which I do understand the novelty wears off. But I just think as a complete <laughs> uniform, the, these are the most fire to me personally. All right. My number one, I have the Miami Heat City Edition jerseys. Ooh. I mean, yeah. it's the pink jersey. It's got the blue teal. Yeah. It's just so iconic. Uh, came one of the best sellers, uh, the Dwayne Wade jersey in this. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people, you know, Tyler Hero, you know, the young change of Miami. Um, it's just super representative of Miami, you know, being that different city. And uh, these jerseys are very eye-popping. Um, it's kind of like the Timberwolves, but it just keeps that, like, 
same energy. It doesn't really like calm down or anything like that. I just <laughs> has to be the number one. It became one of the most popular jerseys in all of the NBA for good reason. Uh, and number one, I also have the Miami Heat City jerseys and specifically the pink mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the the topest jerseys I think I've ever mm-hmm. seen. I mean, there's no shocker. They were great mm-hmm. in sales. I mean, like, I just, I don't, this is just, you don't see many people wear pink. Like, you don't see exactly. many jerseys, yeah. many pink jerseys in the NBA. It's just so unique. Gives you that Florida vibe, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh. I just, I really Yeah, like I'm going to be honest. I, sorry. I like the uh, the black one a little bit more than the pink one. The, I think that's just a me. Mm-hmm me issue <laughs> yeah they're, they're both pretty good i, I can see it both ways um our next segment uh this is jad's idea so you go on ahead and introduce it um oh yeah okay so uh i believe this was last yep. week where french montana said that he has more hits than kendrick lamar and he's he's way better than kendrick mm-hmm. lamar and young thug goes on and calls him stupid and says you're nowhere near you will never be mm-hmm. near him and um, <laughs> Young Thug, I mean, uh, and Kendrick Lamar is just sitting there. I mean, I don't really think he's spoken he out about this. But uh, French Montana, I agree with Young Thug here. He is pretty stupid yeah. for saying that. Kendrick Lamar, one of the greatest rappers of all time. French Montana, I mean, I don't have anything mm-hmm. against him. I don't really, I don't really mm-hmm. listen to him that much. I mean, I know a couple of songs. But I, he's nowhere near the level of Kendrick Lamar. And as Young Thug said, he will never be. Yeah, I'm in a complete agreement with Jad here. I mean, Lamar's nowhere uh, way levels above this Montana dude. Uh, <laughs> Montana is kind of just on and off. Lamar's been one of the most iconic in his entire industry. Mm-hmm. And this guy had absolutely zero business saying what he said. Yeah, I am so glad that Young Thug, of all people, decided to flame French Montana. Young Thug is one of the funniest people. He just posted stuff after stuff about French Montana, just absolutely flaming him. Uh, but yeah, this is a topic that can really, really gets me pissed off because French Montana is absolutely talent, untalented schmuck. I think that Nav is better than this guy. He literally is like Drake if Drake had an addiction to cocaine and was like five feet shorter. He's an idiot. Uh, I think he's absolutely terrible at making music. I'm sure that my uh, my dog can probably make better music than French Fontana can. He's an absolute hack. Uh, I don't think that he's talented at all. I'm going to – literally, I don't care if anyone – I don't know anyone who's a French Montana fan because no one likes this dude. He's an absolute exactly, loser. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to say that you you can go hit for hit with Kendrick Lamar, one of the greatest rappers, if not the greatest rapper of all time, this guy is an absolute clown. Mm-hmm. I feel like this guy – just needs to like quit life for a bit. Just like, just realize the uh, absolute <laughs> absurdity of the statement that he just said. I mean, this guy is an absolute clown. I this guy deserves every ounce of hate that he gets because he's an absolute idiot for saying what he said. I agree. I agree. All right. So now our uh, closing <laughs> segment. Uh, obviously, one thing we love, one thing we hate. Uh, Jad turns out. All right, one thing I love is the new Henry Ruggs Aww. t-shirt that uh, it's limited time. I mean, I, the one thing I, lo- I don't, like, really love the t-shirt in general. I mean, it's a cool logo and all that. But all proceeds are going to charity, and I think it's great that the Raiders drafted such a high-character Not guy. Not something you typically see with the Raiders. Uh, oh, okay. Well, the Niners said – Niners player said I like to beat people up, but everyone thinks he's a dog now. <laughs> and so, anyways, high-character guy, and I'm really loving Raiders. All right, one thing I love as a pro player guy – NCAA is going to allow um, uh, players to make money from mm-hmm. endorsements and, like, social media contracts mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, this is a huge step, as you saw guys like Jalen Green 
uh, Todd Green and new guy DJ Dacian uh, decommitting from their colleges to go play in the G League. Uh, all three of these guys are ranked top 20 in the class. Um, I don't think this is going to be something that, like, everybody starts doing because not everyone is going to have the talent to just be able to go straight to the G League. They're going to need money from the NCAA. But this put a lot of pressure on the NCAA, and they're finally making moves uh, to back up and uh, start really just drifting towards what they should have been doing for years ago. Uh, so one thing that I hate is the Supreme website. I mean, last week I tried <laughs> getting the uh, – I mean, it's obvious I wouldn't get – I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get it. I went manual <laughs> – for the uh, there's the COVID nineteen relief box logo, where Supreme partnered with uh, this Japanese artist named Takashi Murakami, and he's a really good artist. Like I really like his stuff. <laughs> he actually designed stuff for Drake and stuff like that. Uh, he has a really unique style that a lot of people uh, it's, it's recognizable. He actually designed the album art for uh, Kanye West and Kid Cudi's collab album Kid See Ghosts. A uh, really talented artist and. I, when I first heard of the idea that Supreme was going to do a COVID-19 uh, box logo, I thought that's a great idea. All the proceeds were going to charity, and I thought it would be great. And then Supreme, like the absolute idiots that they are, make it incredibly limited. So literally no one can buy the shirt. So no one is going to – so barely any money is getting uh, paid to charity. They just want to keep the exclusivity of their brand. Uh, I really don't understand why they wouldn't just mass produce the shirt. I mean, going to a good cause, it's not the time to act like your brand is really cool. No one's trying to flex when people are actually <laughs> out there like dying from this virus. Like, I think it was just a really douchey move for Supreme to do because there are people suffering from this. And if you promise to raise money, you don't sell like you don't sell like seventeen thousand shirts and then call it a day. Like you actually <laughs> tried to do something. So I feel like this is just a cop out for Supreme. Sounds pretty interesting there. Um, uh, I saw some people that uh, posted them getting this shirt. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, though. But, uh, that's yeah, shout out to Victor Mann for uh, getting this shirt. That was a massive W. <laughs> we will be uh, back. Uh, we'll see if we're going to be back Friday. Uh, might do a weekend episode on might Saturday it. since it's like two days off. But we'll see what we do. Uh, we'll see you guys in Alrighty, see you guys. Thanks for tuning in. All right. See you.